All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation, and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. This episode is part of a series in which I will be interviewing experts in the field of property, whether purchasing a family home or an investment. The series is designed to assist you in making better and smarter property decisions. When buying a property or a block of land, there are so many things to consider as part of your due diligence. There's you know, location, there's council things, there's restrictions, there's all these different parts. But one of the biggest points that's overlooked so many times is the flooding aspect. So today from Storm Flood Engineering, I have Martin Roshani Zameri joining us. Now, Martin is a hydraulic RPQ engineer, and this is literally his specialty. Martin, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Michael. Yeah, no, it's um, such a hot topic. It doesn't matter what time of the year, you know, we're talking about flooding and it doesn't really matter anymore which part of Australia you're really in. But it's, right. it's one of those things that really can have a serious impact on someone's life. Um, mm, you know, like definitely. from, you know, if a house floods, for example, we always see scenes or we know someone that's experienced having to literally pack up their belongings and move somewhere else and, there's so much interruption to the economy and to people's families and kids and everything. Uh, could you, first of all, just probably start by explaining, um, you know, a little bit about your business, a little bit about what you do and what got you into this specialty? Because it's, I mean, I mean, I don't know anyone in high school that said that when they grew up, they wanted to be a storm flood engineer. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> you could probably right. start with that. I think that would be good. Definitely. So, yeah, you're definitely right. Um, even myself, I don't think, um, I ever said I wanted to be a flood engineer. Um, and to be honest, it comes from, it just came from an evolution of, from a civil engineering background and development background and then getting into flooding. Um, and like you were saying before, you got, you know, all the social and um, financial and psychological impacts that happen from floods. Um, and every time we have a big flood event, everyone sort of gets reminded about, you know, the, the devastation that it can occur. And so it's interesting. It's it's good to be on the podcast because I guess a lot of people, especially in the past, uh, definitely last year, two years, with um, you know, with all the house prices and prop and rushing to buy property, um, a lot of people are missing out on um, looking at the all the overlays and all the risks that are associated, such as flooding. So um, come. Coming back, it's um, the business that I run, um, Storm Flood Engineering. Um, it's a Brisbane-based uh, engineering firm. I myself am a flood development engineering professional. We provide assistance uh, in like the flooding and, and stormwater management side um, to development professionals mostly. But then um, the other side of our business is also helping um, you know the mums and dads of the world uh, to, to help identify their flood risks. Uh, determine the building and development potentials, prepare all the modeling and reporting required for like uh, building certifiers and, um, and in most cases, development applications to council. So 
Uh, we work, you know, mainly southeast Queensland, uh, far north Queensland, central Queensland, uh, northern New South Wales area. So, um, yeah, and I guess myself, I've been in, you know, the development, construction, engineering industry for over 10 years now um, and have seen, I've been involved in at least over a thousand development applications. So I've, uh, I've seen a lot already. <laughs> It's um, it's one of those things. Like when I think of flooding, I mean, looking at these things, t- to me, the obvious points pop out. You know, the the when I think about the benefits of consulting someone like yourself, um, because the first part is you don't want to have to you know, move into a house and move everything back out six months later when the place gets flooded. That's there's right. the interruptions and there's everything else as well that comes with that. But what are some other reasons that somebody should consult someone like yourself compared to? You know, I mean, I don't know, just calling up the council or just asking yeah. the neighbours to say, hey, what floods around here? Yeah, so um, definitely it's, I mean, it's good to talk to a neighbour, but never take their word for it because the majority of the time they say, oh, we've never seen a flood happen here, but that's not the point of a flood map. It's just to, to demonstrate the risk that could occur on your property. The council, like, you know, councils are pretty helpful, um, but Typically, they'll just say to you, look online, like essentially all the Southeast Queensland councils now have flood mapping available online. Um, so they will pretty much push you in that direction straight away. If it's more difficult, they might help you out a little bit. But at the end of the day, they'll say, talk to Mun. <laughs> pretty much, they'll say, go talk to a, a flood engineer, um, a civil engineer also in some, some circumstances. Um, in terms of looking for um, what you can build. I mean, obviously, town planners and uh, building certifiers if, you, if you're just doing the building component. But, yeah, like I, I guess everyone who's looking at any form of property definitely should look at flood overlays. We've got heaps of maps online for every um, every council. What else is there? Flood, like if, if you're looking to buy a property, definitely look into flood insurance as well. I mean, that's a it's an ever-changing issue that's happening i guess in terms of um there's some there's some properties that are now uninsurable um and increasingly there are becoming more properties that are uninsurable um there's definitely uh, rising costs uh premium costs as well um so definitely if you can get a quote from a um, insurance uh, company before you look at purchasing that property to understand what, what sort of premiums you're going to be paying. Um, and also, I guess the biggest issue is, uh, like one, one issue I see a lot is um, definitely a lot of prospective buyers. They think that they can essentially build whatever they want on you know any property, but some, some of the flood layers can be very restrictive and some can just be you know, like you said, it could just be a little bit of um, overland flooding in the in the backyard, and that's just just something to consider. For example, but it wouldn't be a showstopper in some some scenarios. So every site's different. There's multiple types of flooding as well as there's a flash like overland flooding that can you know go through the middle of the guts of a property, and um, that's like I guess less. Um, it's it's just it's more it's just fast pace. It's it can happen pretty quickly. Um, and recede pretty quickly and then you got the you know creek and river flooding which is you know it's 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 pretty it creates pretty decent property damage as well so it's you know definitely something you'd want to consider 
when you're buying a property. Um, and then you've also got storm tide or coastal sort of um, overlays, which are if you're living close, like if you're living in very low-lying areas or you're living close to the coast, especially coastal um, frontage properties, it's something that increasingly is becoming, um, you know, I guess uh, more more – it's, it's being shown in the spotlight, obviously, because if you're, whether, whether or not you're a climate change believer or a denier, it's definitely something that, I guess, insurance companies are looking at as well in terms of premiums and insurability. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's uh, again, there's parts of like, I know, for example, parts of Bulimba from, say, like the, um, you know, mean sea uh, rise, uh, mean sea level rises and stuff over time. You, there'll, be a day, there'll be a day when, you know, places like Bulimba could be under. So it's something to definitely to consider. So, so, is it, so just to go back to the the, the flood side of things, like the, the mapping. Yes. Yeah. The so, so you're saying that so with councils, like obviously there's flood mapping, and you could look at a map, and it shows your property, and it shows you what part of that property can flood. But from when it comes to talking to yourself, how was that different because um the way i understand it is you'd be able to explain the severity of that flooding or, or or essentially decode what that actually means because i'm assuming the data on those in those maps are very they're very general um and they don't get into detail as to you know what type of flooding exactly is that going to be or um or how severe it could be mm, as well definitely so uh yeah, yeah. So that's right. So essentially, council would give you um, just the most of the time they'll give you the levels. Um, and sometimes, if you just if you're building a house, they might tell you it just needs to be at these levels, for example. But most of the time, they won't do that. They'll tell you to go and talk to you know flood development professional because essentially we would then look at depending on the type of building that you're putting on. You might be doing a subdivision. You might be doing a commercial property. There's there's different rules for um like for flood levels and and in terms of flood risk mit- mitigation as well. There's different rules. Um, a big one that's um, and this is probably the the bread and butter of what we do um, is impact assessment. So for example, um, if you're building something new that on that on that piece of land that's pretty badly flood affected. It's essentially we have to do like what we call like pretty much like a an impact assessment between um, an existing scenario versus a post development scenario. So it essentially we look at um, how much impact do you create on that floodplain? Um, do you push that water onto someone else's property? These are the things that council will require throughout like a development application process for us to do um, based on whatever you know building information that we get provided, so that we can. Um, essentially provide that information to council for them to assess it and say yes or no. Um, so there's, there's, it's more of like the, the specifics of what you're going to do. Council will typically not have any interest at all in, in that. So um, that, like you said, they sort of give you these blanket, these are the flood levels, um, do what you will with them. But obviously if you don't know um, the, like the codes that you have to abide by, then, that's where we come in and we sort of um, we'll, we'll get that data and we'll look at it and we'll tell you, we'll advise and say these are the levels you have to build at. And then also there's also there's another part of it as well. It's essentially like if you can't build to those levels or you can't do something that typically is what they call like acceptable outcomes with, with council's um, planning schemes, but they essentially 
we essentially will um, provide a um, an argument to say why we can't achieve them, um, provided they're within reason that council can go, yep, someone's thought about this um, external to us and that's how they'll approve like applications and whatnot. Okay, so, so really, so you, you'd come in, you'd analyze the data, decode it essentially to them to suit their circumstance, but look, this is what it means to you. Yes. Um, and this is a way to mitigate that or to, to, to work around it basically. Um, and Correct. I'm assuming yeah, when yeah. someone's looking at buying something, you can explain to them, yep, the property looking at buying, yes, it's flood affected. However, if you're going to do this, this, and this, you're most likely going to be okay um, or you're going to you know eliminate a lot of the risk. But yeah, if you do this, and- this, and this, it's going to be better than doing this and that type of thing or you might come back and say forget it it's impossible to build on or it's possible but it's going to cost you an extra 100 grand probably because you need to do all these extra things correct and i think the two uh, i guess one of the like one scenario that we typically see is you know i'll just look at a, a property and say no chance you'll get anything approved on this another scenario is um i'll say to them to the client essentially uh, we'll, we'll need to run um, the models and see what impacts occur. And then um, because it, you know, from usually from experience, you can sort of tell whether something's going to be pretty impactful or not. And like, we'll, we'll essentially give that advice um, as, as best as we can to say, Hey, look, we think um, it's going to create an impact and it's, it's unlikely that council um, would accept it. Or we could say it, it's a 50, 50, it's a roll of the dice. We'll have to run it, see what we can do. Um, and then either we you change the plans if it doesn't comply or you essentially provide it to council and let them decide whether they want to approve it or not. And as you said, there's different types of flooding as well. So I'm assuming just because an area is a flood-prone area, it doesn't mean it's going to be treated the same as any, uh, any other flood-prone area because it depends on the type of flooding that occurs. That's right, yeah. And every and even every council has um, caused their flooding almost something a little bit different to one another. I mean, oh, the, great. yeah, so that's, that's why it's essentially there's, um, yeah, there's so much to it, I guess, in, in terms of where the data comes from for each council. Um, and mind you, in the background, every council is always looking at um, updating their flood studies. So, for example, like you might have a flood map shown um, this year and then in five years' time that look, could look completely different over your property. Um, based on updates that council have been undertaking with through external um, flooding engineers as well, um, and they've updated those maps. And by the time they bring it back into the like the planning schemes, that flood mapping could change again. So it's it's a dynamic process, and I think that's why I guess um, the you know the realm of flood engineers we've it's it's evolving, it's um, changing. It's it, it, we, we never used to really have flood engineers. Uh, say 10 years ago i mean there's always been flood engineers but there's never been ones in capacities such as myself that we're constantly having to um, look at what's changed and be able to advise sort of on the fly in some scenarios um so yeah it's, it's and i think from especially from 2011 onwards like say brisbane um brisbane definitely changed um their planning scheme in 2014 to to um to account for you know flood of flood floods and how they affect people and property and all of that so um, yeah it's 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 a never emerging field. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free fifteen minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. 
definitely, because people have lost lives, they've lost livelihoods, businesses, homes, mm. and, and I said it's a massive interruption to the economy, um, the local economy, to to, to everything, um, and not to mention the mental health, the the, issue, the stress, the everything, just dealing with floods, you know. So, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Even and, um, I was going to say, well, an interesting thing I've read recently is um, sufferers from the 2011 floods is even you know P- some of them still have PTSD from um the flooding so it's yeah it's 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 even the psychological aspects are starting to come out a lot more yeah definitely it. and i can yeah and i i could relate to that because i mean just me i used to we used to get flooding in our garage um and the issue got fixed but up until it got fixed and even after when it rains really heavy i get this stress inside me and it used to happen mm. before we fix it i just be just stressed out all night thinking okay am i going to wake up in the morning and the garage is flooded again yeah so just just okay. that you know and that's nothing compared to people's houses and businesses being flooded so yeah i, and- I could definitely relate to that and that's why there's so much responsibility on yourself and on councils as well i'm guessing to make sure things like this are avoided if possible yeah definitely and yeah like you said that it's interesting, even some of the um, in, in the like the outer councils, there's areas where um, you know someone could go to bed at night, and essentially there's still, there's still the high possibility that they could wake up and be you know in their beds, and it's flooded completely within their property, and that's a that's a very scary thought. And earlier you mentioned Balimba. So for those listening to this in other parts of Australia, Balimba is a suburb in Brisbane, um, but you mentioned something when about the weather and things changing. So I'm assuming the whole flood environment is evolving, as you said, because of the environment and because of, I guess, developments that happen in that area and different changes that can happen to different, you know, buildings being put up and demolished mm-hmm. and land being moved around. So yeah, I'm assuming, and you've probably seen this over the years, but I'm guessing it is an ongoing process as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think um- – the, I guess the one thing that's constantly changing for us as flood modelers as well is what we adopt as call it the, the downstream areas. Um, we call it the tailwater level, for example. It's essentially um, where does all the water eventually get to? And so given, you know, the, the mean sea level is constantly, I guess, increasing over time, places that are really close to um, beaches and coastal areas there, the drainage there is is continuously, I guess, getting worse over time because um, you can't really. It's not like you can just lift the land. So um, even recently in um, Gold Coast, which is south of Brisbane, in the recent um, coastal events that were happening, I'd say was it last year? Actually, uh, no, early this year. Um, some of the 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 water goes back up through the system and, and actually. Um, comes out of the drainage system and floods floods the streets, for example. Um, so, you know, that's not something that would have been designed for, you know, 30, 40 years ago. So it's 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 a like coast but that's more of a coastal aspect as opposed to a coastal influences on on flooding um, within properties. Um, so that's I guess it's another a whole other realm compared to the flood sort of side that we do. Um, that's a bit more um, I guess call it. I can't even think of the word. It's I lost my th- lost my train of thought there. <laughs> it's um, all good. It's um. It's it's. Uh, I do I do I do get it. And and it, it's because yeah. it's one of those situations where, you know, because things are evolving. Just because somebody was safe ten years ago doesn't mean that their property is safe today. Really. Yeah. You know? Correct. Yeah. 
Um, and, and, and the thing as well is like when I, I the, when we talk about the risks um, of buying a property without doing these checks, because again, I can almost guarantee most people listening to this episode, the majority have mm. never even considered talking to a flood engineer and they've put when purchasing a property and they've just, and even if it shows signs of flooding, they thought, ah, she'll be right. And they've just bought it. But apart from apart from ridiculous costs like out of pocket costs for developing or building a house, and apart from you know the the risk of your house being flooded in the future, what are some of the other I guess disadvantages or risks of buying a property without doing these actual checks? Because you mentioned insurance, and that to me that's a big one because mm. it didn't actually occur to me up until recently that some areas can get house insurance. But flooding yep. would be excluded from that because they're in a flood area. Correct. Yeah, and I think, um, and touching on what we were saying before about the uh, people calling me up and like, you're right. Most of us, they don't. Most of the public don't even know that we exist. And it's 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 funny when they get a call from someone and go, "What do you do? You f- f- some some sort of stormwater engineer or something? I need to talk to." And uh, and it's it's a, it's always a, a good start to a conversation <laughs> explaining to them. Yep. What, yep. what we do but yeah it's essentially i guess in terms of insure going back to insurance insurance is definitely the the big hot topic at the moment um moving forward because yeah look i i, I think in the past year especially i've seen a lot of um people who own flood affected properties trying to sort of pawn them off knowing that they they know obviously that they're that the insurance premiums are up or they're going up or um essentially they're now uninsurable so you know and especially our, our friends from the south who are migrating to southeast queensland from sydney melbourne they they're the ones that i'm typically seeing um purchase properties without doing any due diligence and uh, essentially once it, i start telling them about the flooding issues and you know insurance and all that and they'll go back and they'll, then they'll come back to me and say yeah look I, the house is uninsurable how can that be i say well that's it's changing. It's it's a that that house is being affected by an um, ever changing floodplain. So you know, insurance companies are not willing to take the risk, and, and rightly so, because they know that they're not they're going to experience you know potentially multiple one in one hundred year ARI events um, you know over the few years. So they are, um, I guess, that they're covering themselves as well. It's a at the end of the day, they that that they've got risks and statistics to abide by so um that's definitely one um one issue in terms of risk and other ones yeah like not being able to build your dream home like that's anyone who buys um you know older properties within floodplains are typically they think they've got a bargain and then they can spend more on building this ultimate dream home but then you know then here i come along and tell them no sorry can't do that and and a, a lot of Flood affected properties have um, considerations for undercross, for example. So, essentially, not being able to build on, on beneath the actual house itself, like in you know, old Queenslander style homes. And that's usually the big one that um, catches a lot of people out when they realize they can't put a slab on ground. Like, slab on grounds are the biggest, probably, no nos in, in, in building in a um, highly flood affected property. So, that, that kills a lot of dreams straight off the bat. Um, uh, pro- obviously property damage is huge. That's a, it's just, you don't, yeah. If you, if you, if you build in the floodplain, you've got to understand your own risks and understand 
how much you could lose um, if this particular event comes along. Um, have the ability to move your prize possessions and you know things are valuable to that are valuable to you. Understand what like where you're going to move them. How you, how are you going to um, you know think about the flood emergency component of it all? And then I guess the other one, which is again in more rarer cases and um it's it's definitely risk to life as well life itself um and you know i mean southeast queensland's okay with risk to life compared to well when i say like more so i'm talking like brisbane and and gold coast and things like that but when you start going out um out of the city those sort of regions um you, you your risk to life get much higher and the other the other issue is um like if the whole town is flooded, um, for example, how do you evacuate? Where do you evacuate to? Are there roads that are flood free? These sort of things become really important um, when when considering purchasing a property. Like lots of people at the moment are looking at buying property out in rural areas, and because um, you know they got the work from home um, revolution essentially, and, and and so they're thinking. You know, I'll, I'll live out nice in a nice big paddock somewhere and and out of the city. But then, you know, the the risk is if those floods do come along, you're out of utilities, electricity. You can't. You might not be able to get to an evacuation center. You might not be able to get out of the town. Like there's a lot of other things to consider, and and that that's really, especially in you know a lot of more recent floodings, it's become more apparent. Exactly. And and I think the the main message today as well with all that is A, you know, if you're purchasing a property, talk to someone like yourself to work out any disadvantages or unexpected issues that may arise from a flood point of view. And secondly, if a, if a block or a house or a, if land is flood prone, it's not the end of the world and that there may be ways around it or ways to mitigate that risk as well. Yeah, definitely. I think um, first of all, if you if you hear you know that property's flood affected, um, I mean, some people freak out as you sort of would, but at the same time, don't always be scared about the potential flooding that could occur on the site because sometimes it might be a, a like a more of a, an overland flooding issue, which you just got to be um, understanding and diligent about when when purchasing the property. Um, so yeah, there can be minor flooding issues, and then there's other ones. Obviously, on the other extreme is they're really badly flood affected ones, and those are the ones that, yeah, you really, um, I mean, yeah, you, you've really got to think about what can you actually do on them. Um, yes. Is it worth even purchasing? And yeah, yeah, and and if part of that house or that block is flood prone, don't store your brand new Porsche or you know, yeah, <laughs> um, vintage. Michael Jordan basketball cards in that area. Exactly. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Martin, thank you so much for joining us, mate. Can I just, uh, lastly, I just want to ask actually, if anybody wants to get in contact with you, what would you say uh, is the best way for them to do that? Um, yeah, they either just go to www.stormfloodeng.com. Um, you can send me an email at martin at stormfloodeng.com. Typically, if you send uh, an email saying, um, this is the property I'm looking at, um, can you give me any um, initial advice? Yeah, we're more than happy to to, to give you a quick rundown and then, um, yeah, we can go from there. If you decide to build a house or put in a DA, it obviously, it's sort of, um, we, we know sort of where you have to go, whether you have to go back to a town planner to 
discuss a, a development application or um, if it's sometimes it's just a billing certifier, they'll say uh, we require a flood report and we can then advise whether it's um, a straightforward one or whether we yeah we still have to go through a development application process. So yeah, it's it's um, more than happy to assist anyone um, that's looking to develop. So. Yeah. No, thank you so much, Martin. And and um and I can tell you're passionate about the topic. Even before this podcast started, we were talking on the phone, and I can just tell that you're very passionate about the topic and making sure that people are informed and they know these things because you don't know what you don't know. Um, you know, and I relate it to financial advice. You know, some people think yeah. oh, you should be right and everything's okay, but no. Once you start talking to someone, it's like, well, hold on a second. You know, this yeah. isn't done right, or this should be looked at, or you know, you can't just ignore this. Or yeah, you could ignore this, but this is the risk of what's going to happen. So yeah, definitely. I think yeah. it's it's something that it's over time. I've just seen the the worst things come out of it, and it it, it drives me more to help people because it's you know you could spend hundreds of thousands of dollars um, and then realize you've purchased a lemon that you can't do anything with and that's that's pretty heartbreaking i wouldn't want that to happen to me so yeah no definitely not and 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 lastly i like to finish um all my episodes off with a dad joke um i've been practicing practicing them lately with the kids yeah um, <laughs> but um but the problem is that they keep missing the punchline yeah <laughs> Because the jokes, I just actually, I just ruined that dad joke altogether. So I'm just gonna. I didn't stop. even get it. So <laughs> I didn't even say it properly. Okay, I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it properly. Uh, what I'll say is, I keep telling my kids jokes about boxing, right? Um, but they keep missing the punchline. Oh, uh, there we go. Yeah, but yeah. I forgot to mention the, the, the word boxing. Name, so, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah that's very dad jokey, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I mean, it's, I think it's a dad joke that I just stuffed up the dad joke in itself. So keep that one for the, I'm, the I'm an expert. birthday parties and stuff. Yes. I think. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. But no, th- thank you so much again. Um, <laughs> no, thank you for having um, me. Yeah, no, it's 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 an it's it's been amazing. And and again, I hope people learn from this. And I'm going to put your details in the description of this episode. So if people want to contact you, um, your website's there as well. So again, thank you so much, Martin. Excellent. Thank you, Michael. Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases and feel free to share this episode with any friends or family that you think it might benefit. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.